Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later we'll hear some of Dave Baker's conversation with Governor Matt Bevin from the Sports Buzz podcast. Bevin says he's ready for the race ahead against his challenger Andy Bashir. And we'll have a little snip of an interview with country music superstar Dolly Parton on why she's pushed a program worldwide that encourages children to read. But first, University of Kentucky President Dr. Eli Capilouto is here to talk about what's happening on campus at the state's flagship university. We hear so much about the cost of college these days, but more than 6,500 undergrad students at UK will see a slight decrease in tuition for the upcoming year. And UK will provide pay increases for faculty and staff for the seventh year in a row. As part of a $4.2 billion budget proposal that's out there, the university also doing a huge study on opioids, a major issue of our time. UK healthcare is continuing to push services out across the state, despite some uncertainty about where the country's headed on health policy. And the governor's race could mean higher education as a political football in the debates ahead. And speaking of sports, the SEC recently decided to leave it up to individual schools to decide whether alcohol could be sold at athletic events. UK is pondering that. UK President Dr. Eli Capilouto is here, and we welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Bill. Always a delight to be with Thank you. Thank you. Sounds like an ambitious agenda. We're going to get through here. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Uh, but uh, thank you again, Mr. President. Uh, college affordability is a, a huge issue in America. We know that graduates are often leaving school with the tens of thousands of debt or more. Uh, is your uh, slight uh, decrease in tuition at least some attempt to address that and lead on this nationally? We've been working on this uh, for the past several years. Access and affordability, top priority. Uh, in this budget, we add another $13 million to support student financial aid. These are grants or scholarships students don't have to pay back. The cost is going down for a good number of our students. Overall, the increases we've had in tuition over the last two years uh, are the lowest back-to-back -back we've had in over 30 years. We adjusted what used to be differential cost across the different divisions of courses, lower division and upper division. Uh, so those uh, in that uh, division that we're paying a little more, it's a flat division, they're gonna have less cost. Uh, others may realize up to you know 2% increase as we level that off. What is going to have to happen across the country to get college costs under control? Well, we work with families. We want to give them full information about the ways to achieve a college degree without encumbering such debt that can be crippling. We don't want this to prevent you from buying a house uh, when you're ready for that. At the University of Kentucky, half the students that graduate graduate with no debt. Of the ones that graduate with debt, it's about $30,000. Uh, we feel like if we can keep it at that level, that's a reasonable amount to tackle, still be able to get on with your life. But we'd like to shrink that even more. We have a program called UK Leads where we target those students to bring down their unmet financial need. That's the difference between their scholarships, grants, federal loans, and the cost of attendance. We know if we can get that down to a certain level, not only do they leave with less debt or no debt, they're more likely to graduate. And our graduation rates are going up. 
we've had the most successful run, I think, in our history in terms of student success. Yeah, which is a very good trend. Good trend. Your budget proposal uh, would also give raises to faculty and staff. How important is that in uh, retaining talent on campus? We like to say talent and infrastructure help us deliver the services we must to our students, uh, to our patients, to all those we serve in 120 communities through our extension uh, offices. So we've got to reward our talent. They are my heroes. The group that worked on this grant to reduce opioid deaths, they came together, worked 90 days around the clock every weekend, 20 faculty from six different colleges to put together a 600-page grant. And they did this for Kentuckians. There's some pretty successful people already, fully funded, um, but when it came to the chance of saving lives, hundreds every year, uh, reducing that burden across Kentucky for so many families, they put their, uh, put everything aside and just worked day and night. So we gotta reward these people. That's let's, just one example. Let's talk about that example though because there, there probably is a, a no issue uh, that is more pressing right now uh, in Kentucky than this uh, opioid crisis. Uh, what uh, will this grant allow uh, the university to, uh, to study and, 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 and make some recommendations about? Right, the federal government wanted the opportunity for somebody to demonstrate, gee, can you turn these numbers around and how would you do it? Um, so we came up with a plan that they thought was quite attractive. We identify the counties that have the highest prevalence. You look for some infrastructure in those counties, and then through the grant, you round those off so that you can really throw the kitchen sink at this and see if you can turn those numbers around. So we'll be focusing on those high prevalence counties. Uh, we'll have a complete array of services, and I must say our strong partners, in this case, state government. Uh, the cabinet led by uh, John Tilley and Adam Meyer have been indispensable in this. Uh, Governor Bevan did a great job in welcoming the NIH review team and making a commitment of Kentucky's sort of full heart and soul to turn these numbers around. So it's a real team effort and uh, we feel like we're going to show the country how you best do this. Well, and while you're very encouraged by that uh, targeted investment in that, uh, Kentucky's uh, public universities do get less support overall from the state than they did some years ago. The 2020 legislative session is uh, coming into view. We're in the middle of a governor's race and decisions are being made about how Kentucky will uh, slice up its pie of its uh, precious revenue. Uh, what will you be advocating for the state's flagship university? Well, the state a couple of years ago uh, adopted a performance funding formula. And it said, depending you know, how well you graduate students, how many you put in the STEM fields, how good are you at graduating underrepresented minorities and those from the low income groups. It's those kinds of metrics. Because that can really lift Kentucky if you start moving those groups. I'm happy to say in two years of those 11 metrics, the University of Kentucky uh, has exceeded what qualifies you for funding in uh, all but one metric in one year. Uh, the next university has only achieved four out of 11. So we're doing quite well. We hope that there's more money put into this 
because it provides the incentives for us uh, to get students across the finish line and get them there in a shorter amount of time and with less, less debt and in those fields that are important for Kentucky's future economy. Do you think we are uh, properly training uh, people or educating people for the jobs that are available uh, in Kentucky? Uh, I feel very confident about our students. Um, uh, it's astounding to me um, the jobs that they undertake, you know, to learn uh, they're the ones putting a SpaceX rocket uh, in orbit. Uh, they're the ones that are heroically teaching in our schools. Uh, they're the ones treating patients in our rural areas. You know, we opened two four-year medical schools. We're going to open another one uh, next year in northern Kentucky and then one that we did in western Kentucky to, to solve the, the shortage of physicians in those areas. So we do what it takes. We ask for no more state funds to do that. We recognize the challenges the state has in pension and Medicaid costs and so forth. We don't see any sense in whining. Let's be resourceful. Let's try to be very efficient, save cost, and deliver a quality education. Those are our goals. Let's talk about UK Healthcare, some uh, which operates the Chandler Medical Center, also has clinics and partnerships around uh, the, uh, the state. Uh, many rural hospitals face real uh, financial trouble right now. Do you have to be large to survive in this uh, environment right now with health care as it is today and who knows how it will be if, you know after the next federal election cycle I think that's one part of it scale matters just like uh, at a university in the services we deliver for students there's certain fixed costs you got to have if you're able to do that and provide it off uh, across a, a larger number of students you're naturally more efficient in healthcare, not only is the scale, but the more you do of something, the better you are and the higher quality. What we try to do is the tertiary quaternary care, the most sophisticated, complicated care. Uh, send those to us where we do a lot of them. We do it well. We do it as cost efficiently as we can. Then we want to get you home to your community where you can best heal. My predecessors had one simple dream. No Kentuckian should have to leave home regardless of how sick they are. And we've been delivering on that. There's a real effort to tell the stories of uh, patients uh, on uh, social media. A former quarterback Tim Couch has, I think, 28,000 or so uh, Twitter followers, and he is encouraging uh, uh, patients to, to tell their stories. How important is it that the university take advantage of those ambassadors who, who are out there? Well, you know, we have lots of data we can share. It's been my experience that when you can add a compelling story to it, uh, the impact is greater. So those stories are important. And the way people share them nowadays, uh, you gotta acknowledge it. We're with Dr. Eli Capilouto, the president of the University of Kentucky. We'll have more questions for him when we come back. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Governor Matt Bevan from a podcast done by our Dave Baker. And then Dolly Parton with a comment before we end up here on Kentucky Newsmakers. 
Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We're delighted you're along with us today, and we're certainly glad that the president of the University of Kentucky is here with us, Dr. Eli Capilouto, sharing uh, some of what's happening on campus and beyond. We appreciate that very much. We talked about uh, some very encouraging things going on on campus, and one thing I know that has gotten your attention this spring, uh, you met with some uh, student activists who were concerned about uh, food insecurity. Uh, on campus or for them as students and some diversity issues as well. What is your ongoing commitment to address those concerns? Sure, well first of all I welcome these opportunities to have dialogue with our students. Um, we agree that we have the same challenges. I agree with them that our pace in overcoming all those uh, should be greater. So we're working together to do that. Uh, in the area of food uh, insecurity, what we wanted and we're doing now in cooperation with students is a more robust uh, survey uh, to give us complete information about how we best address this. But we didn't wait for the survey results. Uh, we opened a dining facility, one dollar, meat, two vegetables, fresh fruit, open to any and everybody who is a student on our campus. We want to address things through direct services uh, to our students. So those are the things we're trying to do. In terms of uh, making our campus more diverse, a sense of belonging, there are questions about how we provide financial aid and we're addressing those, we're explaining those. I think people are gonna be pleased with the information we share and what we've been trying to do. And in terms of impact, uh, there's no university in the state that has had the ascent that we have had in the number of African-American graduates. In fact, last year, for the first time in our history, we had the highest number of undergraduates who earned their degrees from the University of Kentucky who are African-American. So we want to continue uh, that progress and working with them, we will. Some may not uh, fully appreciate all the research that goes on at the, the University of Kentucky, and that uh, it has so many benefits for the, the state and the nation and beyond, but also uh, is a financial boon to the university uh, yeah. as well. Uh, let's talk about some of those. The UK psychologist Thomas uh, Whittaker is studying the mind of serial killer Ted Bundy. I mean, it's just one of those intriguing things that's going on on campus. Uh, our faculty amaze me in terms of the curiosity they have and the questions they want to answer. I'm lifted by them. You know, I looked last weekend. China says they want to uh, respond to our, our tariffs by limiting the export of rare earth elements. Well, they hold 80% of those. We have scientists in our mining engineering department who are discovering the ways to extract rare earth elements from coal. Right? Uh, there are people who say, gee, how are we gonna feed the world that doubles in the next 30 or 40 years? We have interdisciplinary teams of geneticists, agronomists, engineers that could get a 20% more yield out of crop harvest, feed a billion more people. We have scientists that label to identify the genome of an extinct salamander from Mexico, and what can that tell us? That salamander, in their genes, somehow has the formula to regenerate arms or a severed spinal cord. Could impact Kentuckians in 20 years, but today we have an opioid crisis and we're addressing it.
And weather accuracy is being uh, studied right. on campus We're right doing now, that right? Too. <laughs> the weather, forecasting the weather. It has a big effect on a gross domestic product. I, I didn't realize it till I saw uh, some of this proposal. You'll be serving as uh, the president of the SEC coming up. Congratulations on that. And uh, the SEC presidents have recently voted to allow schools to decide if they will sell alcohol at athletic venues. Uh, what factors are you weighing in making the decision on that at the University of Kentucky? Uh, safety and well-being of uh, our students, our fans, all our supporters. Uh, this is not a high priority uh, for us to rush into. Uh, different universities are at different places about this. So what the conference did, and the only conference has done this, to, to say, look, it is left up to the individual universities. And Mitch Barnhart will work on this for the next several months. We're in no rush to do this. But if a university is going to do this, there's certain rules and regulations you got to follow so that visiting fans, visiting teams are, are, are safe and so forth. So limits on uh, what you could purchase, where you could purchase, who serves, all those kinds of restrictions uh, would be in place. Uh, so uh, I think it's a good step uh, that the uh, SEC decided this is something to, to be determined at the local level, but if you do it, um, you've, you've got to use best practices. What is the, the, your time frame? Do you, do you have one? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're in, the, in a governor's race. We have about a minute left here. You know, uh, a lot will be said on a lot of issues. Do you fear that, uh, that higher education could kind of become a, a football in the contest? I, um, I hope we're of interest in the contest, and I hope people recognize what Someone told me when I got here, and I'm convinced of it every day, and that is the University of Kentucky is one of the most positive forces for progress and change in this state. It deserves our support. Um, I think it's an incredible investment. We have increased our graduates by some 20%. We've increased our research this year alone that we have to go out and compete for dollars by another 20%. Well over $350 million. It's a six, seven hundred million dollar economic impact, creates four thousand high paying jobs, creates the intellectual property that you take to market in the future, economic impact there. So uh, I'm every day astounded by the University of Kentucky, the work that goes on there, and I hope people find the way uh, to provide us the support. Dr. to make us even better. Dr. Capilouto, thanks for coming. Appreciate it Always very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Hope you'll stay with us. We're coming back in just a moment. We'll hear from Governor Matt Bevin in a podcast a snip from our Dave Baker. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Dave Baker talked with Governor Matt Bevin on his podcast, The Sports Buzz, this week. They covered a lot of topics in 52 minutes from the pension situation to the governor's race that's now underway. The thing that people watching this should feel good about, and the thing they should think about with respect to whoever the next governor is, do you want a governor who talks to the president, who is respected by the president and respects the president, or somebody who never gets the time of day? It doesn't matter what side of the political right. aisle you're on. You could be a Republican or a Democrat. You will want your governor to be friends with the president, friends with the vice president, friends with cabinet secretaries. Look how many cabinet secretaries have been here. HUD secretary, 
Education Secretary, Labor Secretary, Vice Energy President. Secretary, Vice President, President. They've all been here in many cases multiple times. I mean, that, this has never happened in Kentucky. I go to the White House on a regular basis specifically for things to the benefit of Kentucky and our companies here. When I sit down, I had an issue that involved companies here in Kentucky. I contacted Secretary Ross and then Secretary of the Interior. Right. And they sat down together with their staffs in the same room at the same time for 45 minutes. Think about that. I mean, how blessed we are to have that kind of a relationship. This is good for Kentucky. It's why we're seeing record investment, record jobs, and record upside progress. And I don't think the people of Kentucky want to look backwards. I really don't. But we'll find out in November. That gives you a little bit of a sticky wicket, though, as you're trying to do things like the China thing and everything and tariff talk. And, oh, but, I mean, you've got to navigate it, right? Not even a little. Because here's the thing. There are two different levels of what's going on. The president's responsibility on behalf of the nation, per the authorities given him by the Constitution, is to handle tariffs and trade and commerce at the national level, and that's what he's doing. He's up there talking president to president. That's his responsibility. My job in a federalist world and when delegation to the states is to do other things, which is talk at the subnational level, country to country, sure. you know, culture to culture, really. He's doing the country to country. I'm doing cultural, company to company, person to person. This, this summit that we had here in Kentucky, mm -hmm. it was like a tree falling in the woods with any of the media. You would have thought they would have been all over it. It was amazing how little. That is the largest summit that is likely to happen in 2019 between the U.S. and China. We had 400 people. We had to turn people away. And we had the ambassador from China. We had governors and vice governors from China, governors and lieutenant governors from America. We had cabinet-level officials from both countries. We had businesses and banks and investors from both countries, hundreds of them. The work that got done, the things that got done, the connections that got done were phenomenal. Between us and China, we're 40% of the nations of the world's GDP. Think about that. Between us and China, 40% of all the wealth produced in the world is produced in our two countries. That's not going to change any time in the near future. And there's no way we're not going to work this out. It's impossible. We need them economically. They need us economically. We are each stronger and better when the other is doing well and thriving and trading with us. Sure. So I'm confident that President Trump and President Xi and our Ambassador Lighthizer and their equivalents on the other side are going to do what needs to be done. And when they do, who's going to be out of the gate first? What state does China recognize right now as somebody that's willing to partner with them? Kentucky. I mean, they've, it's been very clear. They invited every governor in America to come to their first ever import expo last year in Shanghai. One governor in America went. It was me. Why? Because I know this is going to be resolved. I got a degree in East Asian Studies 30 years ago. I've right. been studying that part of the world. I've lived in it. I've traveled in it. I know that world. It will get resolved. And when it does, Kentucky will be in the pole position. Doesn't guarantee we'll win the race, but we're going to be in the pole position with our foot on the gas. And I like, I like our odds. Sure. I really do. Absolutely. Last question. Uh, how difficult is it? A lot of people poo-poo people of faith. And I, I, that just doesn't fly Not with Kentucky, me. Kentucky, which is good. People in Kentucky respect people. But, but I mean, if you want to say the haters or whatever, how difficult is it? I, I mean, listen, I'm captain of the all-sin team. If it's not for the grace of God, then I'm done. But how difficult is it in such a contentious environment to, to do the things that you want to do and to do them the right way? Is, is, no. is that fair? Yeah, it's, not, it, it's, it's fair, but it's not hard. Again, it's, it, I shouldn't say it's not hard. It's not complicated. It goes by, I said it a couple times earlier. It's simple. When I wake up in the morning, 
I don't decide am I going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Am I going to hand out boxes of cash or not hand out boxes of cash? Am I going to buy and sell the state or not buy and sell the state? People that preceded me, people that would hope to replace me, that's how they think. It's how they operate. It's not just hypothesis, that's a fact. This is, this is not how I operate. Mine is a simple task. And while I'm responsible to the people at the ballot box, if I run for office, I also believe as surely as we're having this conversation that I'm responsible to, the, to my creator. And I truly believe I'll someday answer for what I've done with my life. And I'm far more interested, far more interested in what I hear on that day than what I hear on any election day that I'll ever be a part of. Now you can hear Dave's interview with the governor by signing up for WKYT podcasts. And finally, a little treat for you, country music icon Dolly Parton has done many concerts over the years in central Kentucky, including in Lexington, Richmond, and Danville. And the woman known for hit records like Jolene and Coat of Many Colors also has made it a focus of her life to give back. Her imagination library has gone worldwide, giving children books of their very own. I talked with Parton this week about some new attractions she's promoting and things she's up to in the Smokies, and also about remembering where you came from and giving back. Yeah. Hats off to all you've done to economic development in that area, and then of course the uh, the, the reading program that you have that's, uh, that's now worldwide and all that. And I know recently the FBI even recognized you, and you've gotten so many awards. I remember that song, Nickels and Dimes, and I always said you should have released that as a single, by the way. So you're still, it's still out there. Well, thank you but for that. It, actually, it, it is out there. Actually, we used that in a Christmas movie. Yeah. My brother Floyd and I wrote that. I just lost him a few months ago. In fact, we just did a, a tribute to him in our museum here at the park in the Chasing Rainbows Museum. My brother and I wrote that together, and it was in the uh, Christmas Circle of Love uh, Christmas movie we did on NBC. I sang a little bit of that then, but that's always been one yeah. of my favorites, well, and thank you for liking that. Still it, not too late. Exactly. It was always about... <laughs> giving back and uh, you know you have lived your life in that way and, uh, and 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 hats off for that it's been important to you well thank you you seem to know a lot about me yes it is because i love what i do and I, I just always wanted to sing and write my songs and be part of the big world out there and I, I just wanted to be part of everything going on and i've been really blessed and i don't take any of that for granted i've, I've just i work hard but God's been good to me, and the fans have been good to me, and people like you that remember even to even notice a song like that to say what it really is about. I mean, that's really a, a true fan, and, I, and that touches my heart, and thank you for that. And that is this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We want to thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at KYNewsmakers. We have some political updates and tidbits about the Commonwealth on there. And, of course, for the latest, join us for WKYT News this week, and you make it a good week ahead. Thank you.